You're listening to My Cryptid Vacation, Episode 9. I can only hope I haven't offended Mitch McConnell by nearly forgetting about Kentucky. Let's take a break from straight-up cryptids to check out the eerie, macabre, and just downright morbid in this episode of My Cryptid Vacation. As I'm sure you can see, this is the shortest regular episode of the series. There are a few reasons for this. First, I wasn't able to get an interview. Second, my time spent actually in the museum was pretty short overall, and the museum is small enough I saw everything on display. Finally, the museum didn't seem to make a strong central argument that I could bounce off of, as I'll explain later. But for now, let's head to Somerset and see what there is to see. Well, so it is now uh, the 23rd, and I am just getting out of Nashville, Tennessee, after a good time spent roadieing, if you can call it that. Um, And I have added uh, a stop, which is kind of uncharacteristic to this trip, um, but it is everything is going wrong enough to uh, convince me not to do it again. So for the most part, uh, Kentucky looks like Tennessee, um, although to be fair, I am in the part of Kentucky that is closest to Tennessee. Um, yeah, I, I've noticed that there isn't a ton of differentiation between these kind of middle states, and, and listen, I'm not saying that there, there is for other states. You know, like, there isn't a firm line between Washington and uh, Oregon. But there definitely is a line between Washington and California. And even that has been kind of harder to come by with a lot of these middle states. It's a Piggly Wiggly. It is with immense joy that I report we have found our first Piggly Wiggly uh, in Tennessee. The trip is over. We can go home now. We're 32 miles from Cleveland. We, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. So we're in southern Tennessee and have stumbled across the Bigfoot Adventure Campground on the northern side of the Blue Ridge Mountains, uh, indicating to me that I think, given what I saw of the uh, Bigfoot sighting chart at the Expedition Bigfoot uh, Museum, there is probably some sort of Bigfoot sighting activity kind of cloistered or clustered around uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains. Now, this hypothesis is very easily dissuaded, uh, or very easily disproven, because um, Florida is absolutely infested with Bigfoot sightings by that same map. But a lot of the ones in uh, Georgia seems to be from the north, Uh, just under, surrounding, and in the Blue Ridge Mountains. We rolled into lovely downtown Somerset with not a whole lot of time to spare. Down the street is a First Baptist Church. Up the street is a cute cafe and an art shop. The van shudders to a halt in the parking lot, with 43 minutes before the museum closes. Let's do this. 
Somerset, Kentucky is a city of some 11,000 people, and it's the seat of Pulaski County. Tourism to local Lake Cumberland is responsible for around $150 million of revenue every year. Many buildings in downtown Somerset are decorated with vivid murals painted by local artists, a testament to the investment in arts and culture that's taken place in recent years. The Paranormal Museum and Research Center is located in the lower level of downtown Somerset's Carnegie Community Arts Center. It's literally underground, and you need to walk down a flight of stairs under the main building to get in. And when I saw the sign, black and white, featuring a UFO abducting the Loch Ness Monster, I knew I was in for a treat. I said my prayers, polished my evil eye, and opened the door. The museum is, in a word, eclectic. It's made up of a series of cramped, connected rooms, each dimly lit from the fading sunlight filtering in through the stained glass windows from outside. I was joined in my tour by some locals, a few of whom had just gotten off work and wanted to check out the recently reopened local museum. The first room is themed around death. There's mortuary equipment, a coffin, and framed letters from serial killers and cult leaders. Grave dirt is also a fixture. I found some from the gravesite of Ed Gain. Gain? The butcher of Plainfield, some from John Wayne Gacy's house, and some from Chang and Ang Bunker, the conjoined twins who toured in freak shows in the 1800s. Certainly spooky. I mean, I'm as scared of death as the next warm-blooded hominid, but not necessarily paranormal, as far as I could tell. I think othering serial killers is an understandable impulse, but comes dangerously close to romanticizing them. Inhuman often turns into superhuman, and collecting artifacts from celebrity serial killers, to me, often comes dangerously close to canonizing them. Just my two cents. One room was themed around American cryptids, as indicated by an imposing statue of Bigfoot. Collections of folk art, artifacts, and manufactured merchandise blended together here. There was a plastic vault tech uh, item from the Fallout video game series, Mothman-themed beer cans from local breweries, and, in a satisfying taste of what was to come, a handmade Flatwoods monster lantern from Braxton County. There's a collection of Bigfoot casts, many of them replicas of existing, more famous casts, mostly from locations we've already visited on this podcast, mostly Willow Creek and Expedition Bigfoot. Many items are simply referential. There's a display of Bigfoot postcards, for instance. I had to wonder why such objects were on display. This museum doesn't seem to have a defined self-referential section, an area that's dedicated to cultural anthropology in its own right. Tchotchkes bearing the likeness to cryptids are right up there with evidence supposedly in their favor, blurring the line between supposedly authentic evidence and evidence of the cryptid's status as a cultural phenomenon. The back room was the most surprising, and for me, the creepiest. The general theme, as far as I could tell, was just monsters. It's a collection of mannequins and statues just standing there. A Boris Karlov-esque Frankenstein's monster stares slack-jawed into your soul, while three old crones, maybe the witches from that deserted heath in Macbeth, crouch over an ominously bubbling cauldron. 
what looks like a mind flare from Dungeons and Dragons, wears a red fez and suit, outdressing everyone else in the room. There wasn't a lot of information in the room in terms of plaques or signs, but being surrounded by the life-sized monsters induced a kind of authentic learning I won't soon forget. Again, the function of the room seemed less to offer information about any of the creatures contained therein, and more to poke you in the arm, saying, Isn't this cool? Finally, I stopped in a small side room, whose focus seemed to be partially witchcraft and the occult, and partially other tourist attractions. There were movie and publicity posters, a Baphomet-themed Ouija board, and a mock wedding invitation to Trundle Manor, a macabre museum in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This, to me, cemented the importance of references to the International Paranormal Museum and Research Center. It sees itself as a hub of all kinds of oddities, a jack-of-all-trades rather than a master of one field or area of investigation. It doesn't propose a the-truth-is-out-there mentality that I could tell, but rather a vague, isn't it cool that this stuff exists? The vibes are there, and some of the collection is genuinely creepy. But as I left the attraction, minutes before it closed, I couldn't shake the feeling that this place could be something else, if it wanted to be. So I've just gotten out of the museum, um, and 30 minutes was enough time to see it. Um, it is a rather fascinating little little piece. Um, there's a lot of kind of referential things, is how I describe it. Um, it isn't. It doesn't seem to me to be overly concerned with like proving or disproving the existence of any of the paranormal things it surveys. It's like a, I don't want to say like a meta-museum, but they will, uh, there's collections of things that are from other places. Um, I was surprised by the kind of ambiguity of the name, and now that I have seen it, I kind of get it. Like, it really is just the paranormal, and not even paranormal in like the, you know, scientific ooh, levitation, floating things, like hauntings, and dead bodies, and, uh, like, mythological or fictional, like, popular fiction creatures, and serial killers. Um, paranormal as in outside of the normal. And this sounds kind of weird, and, you know, very, uh, too, like, literary of me, but I, what I think it's kind of doing is celebrating the paranormal as a concept. Celebrating that weird things exist and can be talked about and, like, lived and experienced. It's just, it's just weird stuff. It's postcards that have Bigfoot on them. Like, like, things that I would collect along this kind of trip. And the person I called at the front desk mentioned there's kind of one main curator. And I would be very surprised if majority of these artifacts were not from his uh, personal collection. Um, it kind of had that feel to it. The location is pretty unique. It's, it's kind of nestled right in downtown. There's a single sign pointing out the location. Not, not, a, not a Trees of Mystery billboard, not uh, a highway billboard sign, or, or things 
things like that. Um, it seems like a pretty underground operation. Even their gift shop was pretty sparse with kind of the generic, you know, stickers, posters, patches, and t-shirts, I, I guess. Um, and it, it seems like a pretty low-to-the-ground operation. Um, not that that's like a bad thing for something like this. A few of the people in the museum with me, they were talking about how, um, like someone had just gotten off of work and kind of just stumbled over here, and it was their first time at the museum. Um, and it was like a, a, a very small, you know, not, um, not intentional pilgrimage traffic, kind of curiosity traffic. My sense is it's kind of a local area of interest. Um, Somerset does seem to be a kind of cultural hub. Um, I think there's a, like there's a, li a library, there's uh, bars and coffee shops, um, there's that art in the open kind of festival or exhibit. Um, and it kind of seems like a, a hub for the surrounding area that's a lot more rural, a lot more um, mountainous. And given the amount of stuff that's actually in the museum, I'm, it, it, I could see it taking maybe uh, an hour and a half to get through. It's definitely like a, in the afternoon, we just got dinner, let's check, or we just got lunch, let's check this out. There were uh, two televisions in different rooms playing episodes from, I took a picture, and I, I, I'll research this more, but I believe it to be a sort of documentary created by people who are affiliated with, maybe not this museum, but like a previous project that the museum curator, curator worked on. Um, it had a kind of similar, all-encompassing name as like cryptozoology and paranormal society or something. Flickering on a crisp television screen in one of the rooms of the museum was a program called Hellier, directed by Carl Pfeiffer under the production company Planet Weird. The show's two seasons investigate strange phenomena centered around Hellier, Kentucky, so that's pretty cool. Two notable things about this program neither of which were in the clip that I saw. First, at some point, they visited this very museum, donating some items and speaking to the owner, Kyle Cattle. Secondly, they meet with someone in the second season who claims to have had an encounter with Indrid Cold, a figure who appears briefly, memorably, and creepily in the folklore surrounding the Mothman of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. As aforementioned, I wasn't able to score an interview with anyone at the museum, doubtless due to my short notice. Had I been able to, I might have asked about the point or thesis of the museum, which was, despite the mysterious nature of the exhibits, the part that confused me the most. That said, this was a last-minute detour, and I certainly can't fault anyone for not playing along with my antics, especially given the fact that they were close to closing already. <laughs> I can say that I left Somerset better educated than I arrived. The International Paranormal Museum and Research Center sets some lofty goals with the sheer scope of material it investigates. I'm tempted to say it doesn't fully deliver, but I don't think that's right. It's simply not trying to do what other attractions I've visited on this trip have set out to do, and that's not really a fault. 
I can't help but imagine that this kind of museum, based on collected references rather than organized evidence, is going to be the future of cryptid attractions in the United States. It's certainly more approachable, and it lends itself to a kind of ironic detachment from the process of exploration. Not that the museum itself is lazy, but I worry that it promotes a thoughtless engagement without the challenges of investigation. The International Paranormal Museum doesn't really care if Mothman exists, it simply wants to note that he exists. Then again, maybe my apprehension at this museum's way of doing things is that it's uncomfortably close to this podcast's way of doing things, this meta-aware, surface-level dive on a topic that just happens to be of interest. Oh well. I, at least, think we're both worth the visit. Defensive language and uttering vile threats. Until now, the strange visitor had spoken in the same soft, delicate voice, except when impersonating some individual. Now, there were four distinct voices. These exhibitions were opened like a drunken carousel and became perfect pandemoniums, frightful to the extreme, from which there was no escape. Ahead of me is an eight-hour drive eastbound, out of Kentucky and into North Carolina. There, I speak with the mayor pro tem of a town, get a guided tour of the sites, and some history straight from the horse's mouth. And I see some haunted artifacts to boot. Next week is the Cryptozoological and Paranormal Museum in Littleton, North Carolina, on my cryptid vacation. Blue moon of Kentucky, keep on shining Shine on the one that's gone and proved untrue Blue moon of Kentucky, keep on shining Shine on the one that's gone and left me My Cryptid Vacation is a podcast recorded, edited, and produced by me, Clovis. If you like what I do, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash clovisthefox. The outro song is a cover of Blue Moon of Kentucky by Bill Monroe. My Cryptid Vacation is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Kentucky, keep on shining, shine on the one that's gone and proved untrue. Blue moon of Kentucky, keep on shining, shine on the one that's gone and left me 